Hello and welcome to The Climate Clinic, a podcast brought to you by the Global Consortium on Climate and Health Education. My name is Adesh Sundarayson and I'm a doctor from University College London. In this series, Be the Expert, I'll be joined weekly by my co-host, Dr. Mark Futenik, an emergency physician from Los Angeles. Each week, Mark and I will bring you the latest headlines from climate and health research from the leading evidence-based journals from around the world. Tune in to learn about the health implications of climate change, how this is affecting us today, and what needs to be done. By the end of it, you'll know all you need to know in order to be the expert. Fracking had a strong association with increased hospitalization rates for acute myocardial infarction, which is what we would call a heart attack, among Medicare beneficiaries in the Marcellus Shale region of Pennsylvania, which is the area they studied, relative to their neighbors in New York, where fracking was banned. That is just a taste of what we have coming up in today's episode for you. Welcome back to Be The Expert. I am back in London now, Mark. It is sufficiently grey and raining, and we just had a massive hailstorm outside. Um, Just in time for spring, which I'm told is getting earlier and earlier every year. I believe it now arrives one month earlier compared to the 1980s, um, which of course we know can be especially harmful to crops and agriculture and biodiversity, especially if that initial warmth, that promise of spring is followed by another cold snap. Um, which is known as a false spring to meteorologists. Well, Adesh, here in California, it just continues to rain nonstop, which is incredibly unusual. Uh, I'm told this is now the 11th atmospheric river of this year, which is a new weather phenomenon I'd never heard about before. It's causing serious damage and misery further north of me. Um, You know, there's an upside down south in California because we have more water and more snowpack. So we know we'll have more water to, to sort of keep us hydrated through the, through the dry summer, um, which we desperately need. But it's, again, been really destructive and so unusual. And so it's just more evidence of the rapid and unprecedented change that Earth's weather systems are experiencing right now. So jumping to the article, today we're going to look at the health impacts from fossil fuel extraction in the form of what's commonly known as fracking, or some people call it hydraulic fracturing. That's where the name came from. For those of us who are not familiar, it is also known as unconventional natural gas development. And this has experienced a huge boom in the U.S., especially over the past two decades. There are many issues with fracking not the least of which is that the fossil fuel industry has been trying to convince us that fracking produces natural gas. And this is one of our solutions to the climate crisis. What they're trying to avoid telling you is that natural gas is in fact a fossil fuel and burning it does release greenhouse gases. Maybe not as much as coal, but it's still absolutely a fossil fuel. And so it's what we need to be getting rid of, not doing more of. But this study is really about the health impacts. It's been estimated that over half of the massive increase in methane emissions over the last decade is due to these shale gas and fracking operations. So it is a major contributor to climate change. And this is a real issue. Methane heats up the climate more than 80 times more powerfully than the equivalent amount of CO2 in the atmosphere in the first couple of decades. 
CO2 lingers much, much longer. And so when we calculate, you know, the, the impact of CO2 overall, it's just as large, but the methane, which we're not releasing quite as much of, it's so much more powerful that we we're really starting to understand its importance and that we have to, um, we really have to address the, address the methane aggressively right now because of its short-term impact. We're also learning that the natural gas infrastructure, including inside our homes, can leak as much greenhouse gas and, and other toxins as we generate using it for energy or heat. And this is particularly true for things like our gas stoves or certainly for fireplaces because they're used so much less frequently, but they're leaking gas all the time. Mark, I know you mentioned that many of our listeners might be unfamiliar, might have heard of fracking, but unfamiliar with the mechanism. So without delving into too much detail, I'll just touch on that. So as you mentioned, hydraulic fracturing or fracking, as it's often abbreviated to, is it's a drilling method to extract oil or natural gas uh, from deep inside the earth. And so in this fracturing process, we basically create these cracks in and below the earth's surface. We widen them up by injecting water, various chemicals and sand at pretty high pressure. And, and then we access the, um, the gas, basically, that leaks back through those pipes as well. So that's a very, very high-level overview of, of fracking. And for those of you living in the UK who keep up with UK politics and news, you'll know that one of our former prime ministers, Liz Truss, who was not in office for very long last year, reversed um, the UK stance on fracking and started to um, push for greater fracking and natural gas extraction, which was again reversed by um, Rishi Sunak when he came in um, uh, as the new as the latest prime minister. And natural gas, as you mentioned, Mark, has been touted as a as a bridging fuel, um, but as something that's potentially better than coal and better than better than oil. But but it is a fossil fuel, and as we know, there are there are huge problems not just with burning uh, and, and using gas, but also leakages as well from the extraction process. Now, as well as the indirect impacts via global warming and increased greenhouse gas emissions from fracking. There are a host of potential health consequences for people who live near to these fracking strikes, these extraction sites. And the paper we're going to be exploring today is called Hospitalizations for Cardiovascular and Respiratory Disease Among Older Adults Living Near Unconventional Natural Gas Development, a Difference in Differences Analysis. And this was published in the Lancet Planetary Health in March of this year, so this month, 2023. The authors were Kevin Tricky, Zihan Chen, and Prachi Sanghvi. Now, prior to this study, despite the awareness of various potential pollution pathways from fracking, very few studies have systematically looked at the health risks of living near one of these fracking sites. Previous studies had given us some insight, Mark, as to how people who live downwind of these fracking sites have significantly greater all-cause mortality and suggested some links between fracking and, and myocardial infarction or heart attacks, heart failure, and asthma. Yeah, Desh, I'd like to dive a little deeper into what's known because it is pretty suggestive that fracking is something we should not be doing around human beings. We have found increased air pollutants, particularly carcinogens near fracking. As you mentioned, one study showed an increased overall mortality downwind of fracking sites. Other studies have revealed associations with preterm birth, uh, low birth weight, congenital abnormalities, which some people call birth defects, um, asthma, and, and even heart disease. Um, so, so there is a baseline that would cause concern. 
This study went further, though, by studying specific outcomes across a, a pretty good period of time with a really elegant methodology that did a great job of objectively comparing populations that were or were not exposed to this unconventional natural gas development, um, what we call cracking, fracking. Specifically, the authors looked at all Medicare records in the zip codes in question and measured five specific outcomes chosen because previous studies and the known science would indicate that there are likely to be significant health concerns in these areas. And they compared the health outcomes in those who are 65 years and over in New York State, where fracking was banned, versus the neighboring Pennsylvania zip codes, where there is this huge fracking boom. And using just Medicare data, also conveniently controlled for gas industry workers, which is a potential limitation, who may have moved into the Pennsylvania area, because very few of them would be over 65. By using, so by using the Medicare data, they've really set up a really good control group. In order to plan the timing of their comparisons, the authors pulled fracking data from the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection, oil and gas, including the first date of drilling and the location of each fracking site across Pennsylvania between 2002 and 2015. And the authors remind us that because construction, drilling, and abandonment can also be big sources of air pollution, they chose to include wells even if they had been inactive or closed down in the study. So the authors, Mark, then selected 36 zip or postal codes from regions in northern Pennsylvania um, and dubbed as exposed regions to fracking between 2008 and 2010. They also selected two fracking unexposed neighboring regions um, in New York, in the New York state, with similar demographics and rural economies that were comparable to the Pennsylvania region. And this served as their comparison, um, one of which was along the Pennsylvania border, which they call their intermediate control, and another further away, and therefore less subject to winds or other crossovers, which could muddy the waters, which they considered their true control. So they then selected five specific health outcomes based on the strength of the existing evidence for possible short-term air pollution effects. So one, COPD and bronchiectasis. They, they joined these um, under one category of COPD. Asthma, acute myocardial infarction, stroke, and heart failure. So these were the five outcomes. And really what the existing literature have, have identified as the most likely candidates for fracking-related health outcomes, Mark. They then sorted the number of hospitalizations for each of the above outcomes by zip code and year as determined by the admission date. Now, I'm not going to go into the stats side of things, but they applied something called a difference in differences analysis, a DID analysis. If anyone's interested in the reasons for this, the paper um, link is in the podcast description. So, Mark, let's move on to the results. What were the findings from this analysis? Well, I'll just say I'm going to talk about a figure, so go ahead and uh, access that paper link. If you take a look at figure one, it's a map of all the wells on top of the zip codes that they selected, and it's mind-blowing how many wells were drilled in just a few years. And so I would just say fracking explosion is the right description. The first site in the area was in 2005, growing to 69 new spuds in 2008, and then between 217 and peaking at 861 spuds um, in 2011, they were basically you know, drilling these like crazy for the next seven years. So let's dive into the key results of this study. 
Fracking had a strong association with increased hospitalization rates for acute myocardial infarction, which is what we would call a heart attack, among Medicare beneficiaries in the Marcellus Shale region of Pennsylvania, which is the area they studied, relative to their neighbors in New York, where fracking was banned. So specifically to get to numbers, in 2015, there were 11.8 more acute MI-related hospitalizations, so again, 11.8 more heart attacks per 1,000 beneficiaries, so pretty significant number, in areas with fracking than would be expected in the absence of the fracking boom during this time. The authors also found strong indications of association between fracking and heart failure and ischemic heart disease. Fracking was not clearly linked to COPD stroke as, or stroke as the primary diagnosis, but I don't think that closes the book on its correlation to COPD, which we'll get to in a minute. So Atesh, I was really impressed. They did a whole variety of analyses with various methodologies and even compared a variety of data sets, meaning taking specific years, to kind of painstakingly demonstrate that you get the same result no matter how you slice it. I almost got the sense that they were anticipating critique, I wonder from who, and are preempting the arguments that might come their way. And so it was, it was really robust how many different ways they tried to um, sort of analyze this and show that they got the same results. And again, the results are really impactful. The strongest association was for acute myocardial infarction, again, heart attacks, which is the most concerning primary outcome that they looked at. Statistically, it was fracking was associated with some of the other outcomes, particularly as secondary diagnoses, which means you have that disease, but it's not the reason you showed up to the hospital and got hospitalized. And therefore, to me, it still shows the prevalence of these issues, even though it wasn't the driver of the admission. I think one thing you could tell from this study, and, and we know from medical from the healthcare system is that we're handling many um, chronic issues much better as outpatients. And so patients who have heart failure exacerbations usually don't get admitted anymore. We're able to manage them in the emergency department and then discharge. And so I think some of this data got caught in these general trends that admissions are falling rapidly for many of the diagnoses. And if you look at the figures, which we'll talk about in a second, you know, point to the figures again, you can see that drop. And so in particular, this is likely the case for COPD, which we rarely admit to the hospital unless there's a more significant overlapping illness. So these more chronic issues were associated as secondary diagnoses, which to me shows that they are indeed more prevalent in the exposed group compared to the protected people in New York. So I do not take away that fracking um, is not associated with COPD. I think it is. You just have to look into the secondary analysis. So another figure to check out in the actual article, figure two, is visually very powerful. So you can see the admissions falling year over year for these diagnoses, except when fracking starts and the lines between the Pennsylvania group and the New York group start to diverge with heart attacks, heart failure, and ischemic heart disease all turning back up and actually increasing while they continue to fall in the New York group. So pretty powerful. Hospitalization rates for heart failure and ischemic heart disease in Pennsylvania also diverged significantly from those of the unexposed regions, even in years well past the peak development. 
And so the initial construction, drilling, and fracturing phases of these sites are thought to generate the most air pollution and generally occur well within one year of the spud date. However, the findings in this study suggest that either the pollutants or toxins from operational wells um, or even the shutdown of the wells also play a significant role in poor health outcomes. I also wonder if maybe that indicates that, that there's chronic buildup and patients may not present shortly after the, the highest exposure, but they're still developing the illness which is progressing could eventually turn into ischemic heart disease. But therefore, the point is that existing wells should not be ignored in fracking and related policy development, especially as the number of abandoned and sometimes unplugged wells increases amid fracking bankruptcies, because we know that these wells will continue to leak um, toxins and greenhouse gases. I'll just take, touch quickly on weaknesses of the studies. Um, they only analyze inpatient admissions, which generally represents only the most severe health outcomes, as opposed to outpatient or physician visit claims. But as I discussed before, I think they actually capture a lot of this through the secondary diagnoses on the admissions. Also, the study only assessed a handful of specific health outcomes and only in the short term, judged by hospitalization, without you know, deeper consideration of the potential long-term ramifications of fracking on other more chronic diseases for instance, on cancer, which we would expect to be impacted, or diseases that are most more closely linked to water contamination from these toxins. And finally, they didn't quantify the magnitude of exposure as they didn't measure the actual pollutants and they didn't measure the specific exposure levels in patients. They really just extrapolated from proximity to the wells and their health outcomes. Yeah, really important points, Mark, that I was also reflecting on as well. Despite the level of public debate and concern, there have been very few robust academic studies that have assessed um, the links between local population health and fracking. And the authors have found that Medicare beneficiaries in northern Pennsylvania have experienced negative cardiovascular health outcomes uh, associated with the rapid and dense fracking in the region. And an important point to consider, Mark, is that hospitalization rates have grown even as fracking has slowed down over the last few years, suggesting that even, uh, you know, operational and abandoned wells um, might be significant sources of pollution. So not just during the construction and setup of these fracking wells as well. And policymakers should address urgently the safety of existing wells, um, including by surveying local population health, prioritizing local um, community health as well when considering any new fracking sites because clearly the impacts uh, don't just cease after the construction period or during the period where it's actively being used even once these wells are decommissioned there there may be some leakage and significant sources of pollution you know Adesh, it's it's intellectually satisfying when a study fits what we know already and we know that there are increased air pollutants and carcinogens in the air and water where this unconventional grass drilling is done. And so it's logical that we would impact health in the community. And this study had a really elegant design to prove it. Um, often this is really difficult to demonstrate, you know, that there's a, a diffuse exposure in the population and what the health outcomes are. It's not that easy. Um, to show that a population really is being poisoned and injured by the industry around it. Um, and it's clear to me that that has happened in this area of Pennsylvania. And I think this knowledge should help us better protect our health in the future in that and in other communities. 
or so I hope. Absolutely, Mark. Hopefully this serves to deter and uh, encourage people to push back and fight against natural gas usage and extraction as well and fracking um, in, in different parts of the world as well. Thank you very much for joining us for another episode, our 19th Be The Expert, a podcast brought to you by the Climate Clinic from the Global Consortium on Climate and Health Education. Mark and I will see you very soon.